0: Like, Alright, here we go. You,
1: got, you all ready? Uh, Jesus, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I am ready.
0: Can <laughs> you here, oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh, is it just Hi. all the mics together that are echoing? Or is it just you?
1: I don't know. Oh, no, I think it's yeah okay. all together. Alright.
2: Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Los Angeles Uh, (laughs) Comic-Con and everyone listening online because this will be put up later on. Um, This is our first official live podcast recording uh, here at the 2022 LA Comic-Con. So essentially it's a a pop-up which is an irregular series that we do where we talk about things that... uh, strike us in the moment or, or something that we love and we figured with the new knives out sequel coming out um last onion which uh, i've seen and i don't know if anybody else has seen okay from here on out there will be no mention of that sequel or anything that happens in that sequel um but with this with that coming out and kind of the resurgence of the murder mystery um in cinema since knives out came out we thought it'd be fun to to chat about the first film because we're all fans i think um
0: we did so, to check beforehand if we were
1: fans? I didn't, no, no, not really, uh, so we decided, uh, <laughs> this was uh, at the, at the 77th Golden Globe Awards it received three nominations in the musical or comedy category, while also receiving Best Original Screenplay nominations at the 73rd British Academy Film Awards and 92nd Academy Awards, which is awesome. It was selected by the American Film Institute and in the National Award of Review as one of the top 10 films of 2019. Not bad, Ryan Johnson. Um, nicely done. Uh, so, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to uh, introduce our panel, my co-hosts. You forgot who uh, are. Yeah. <laughs> who are these people? Um, I've got next to me uh, Clarissa Thorne.
2: Thank you for my full name. And
1: yes. Name. Yeah. She is the writer of *Geeks Guide to Cross Stitch: Journeys into Space* and a professional crafter. Yes. And you also work with the uh, Fanbase Press. Yes. A I mean. Weekly, Fanbase Weekly. Yes. Uh, hosting I have
0: another that. podcast. I cheat with another podcast.
1: You do. But we love you more. Um, it's okay. Uh, uh, next to Clarissa, we've got Justin Penniston, uh, the writer of Netflix's upcoming Sonic Prime, and... Uh, a-, 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 writer. A-, a-, a writer. Not D- the writer. To us, you're the writer. Yes, To us. Uh, and also uh, a creator, co-creator of Hunter Black Comics, but you are the writer of that. The D- D- writer I mean, of Hunter Black Comics. I'm the writer of that. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, then down at we've you, got Lisa K. Weber right there who is uh, the co-creator and artist of the indie hit comic, Hex-11. Yes, that
0: is I.
1: (laughs) And at the very far end, Kelly Sue Milano, who is the writer of Hex-11.
0: The indie hit that he was just talking about. Yes,
1: yes, that indeed. Um, So yeah, I'm the moderator. I'll introduce myself. I'm Philip Kelly. Uh, I'm a uh, screenwriter, an actor, um, and I do other stuff like that, so. Frequent crier, I do cry on this podcast sometimes. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> Not today, though. I won't do it in front of people.
0: He literally put a cry emoji in an email he sent to us this morning.
2: Did I? I don't remember that at all. It
1: uh, doesn't matter. We're moving on. We've only got 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're going to just jump into this Knives Out discussion because uh, what really... Uh, I was very much aware of this watching it, you know, uh, three years ago. Oh, hold on, before you go. Yeah. Has okay. everyone
3: here seen yeah. the first Dives Out?
1: Okay. Because we will be, yeah, be spoiling this
0: show. Yeah, we
1: will be spoiling. Yes, it's, yeah. I mean, and,
0: that would have been a massive you come to a comic convention and not have something spoiled. Like, who's yeah.
1: the killer? <laughs> I, I would have seen people crying in the audience, for sure. Um, <laughs> no, you didn't see a comic. Right, movie. right. Uh, but as uh, if some of who, who, you who entered uh, momentarily ago were not discussing at all last night, there will be no mention of it. So don't worry. Um, so when I when I first watched Knives Out a few years ago, I was very much aware of this. Uh, but watching it this time, it really struck me um, that Benoit Blanc is, while well, the title character of the film, he's not the driving point of view of the film, the narrative, which is very different from like past. Uh, murder mysteries like with uh, Hercule Poirot or uh, even Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote. They always were sort of the point of view where you saw things unfold. And in this film, we have Marta. Um, we don't even get really a scene of um, Benoit alone, except uh, when he's in the car. He's to <laughs> music, which is wonderful. And kind of when he's speaking with uh, Wynette Thromby, who doesn't say anything, but we get kind of a peek into his sort of, you know, mind working without somebody else being around. Why do you think it was important for Ryan Johnson to not have Benoit Blanc be the driving point of view of the narrative? And I'm, I'm curious how you felt it affected the, uh, the character direction and uh, the story in, in a positive or negative way. Um,
0: I think it's because, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk into this thing. This is going to be a learning curve for me. Um, in my experience watching it, I think that the reason that he wasn't positioned as the, sort, as the person who's kind of walking you through it is so that you get to do it. You as the audience member get to be the detective. So all of the, you're watching all of these things unfold and it's like, hmm, I think it's this. Instead of having him come out all Pink Panther style being like, what an interesting clue. Do you know what I mean? Like pointing mm-hmm. you to what you're doing. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah and
0: it also kind of, I mean it it connects you so much more to the actual lives that are affected by this murder mm-hmm. versus just like, oh, won't it be fun to solve this crime? It's like, oh, you're actually getting really involved with, the, with like, the characters yeah. themselves.
3: It, so. it makes it way less of a story. I mean, way less of a procedural, way more of a story. Um, I mean, Marta, as the prospective character, I mean, she is... Throughout the movie, trying to protect herself, you know, and it's very primal. You know, the average murder mystery is kind of clinical in a way. You know, someone's investigating a crime is not personal for them. Right. But this was deeply personal for Marta. You know, her friend, her beloved friend, Mm. had died. And she wants to A, figure out what's happening, and B, not go to jail for accidentally killing someone. Mm -hmm. And so I think that raises the quote-unquote stakes, the, the cliché,
2: you
3: know, by making Margaret the perspective of character.
0: Well, we've got, it's an introduction of an entirely new detective figure. So going into Glass Onion, that's going to be different because we know him now. Right. But it heightens, having him not be the center of the, the story and the narrative. It kind of it heightens that moment in the beginning where he's back in the shadows and we're wondering, Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, <not laughs> the, I'm sorry. What is that <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly? But it that's kind of brilliant because it also leads into your distrusting him as a, a reputable detective, and, and other characters in the movie through the whole thing are. Are voicing that as well, so he becomes an additional and reliable narrator or narrative voice, so that you, you don't know if what he's thinking has anything to do with what's going on. About I remember the first time I saw it, I was thinking, I don't think this guy's going to solve anything. I think Marty's going to solve this. <laughs> yeah, she's you know, I'm going to be a detective.
1: Well, that's actually a really good point, because <laughs> what we see happen then is while he does solve the crime and fill in the blanks, he's not ultimately the one that captures the, or that gets him in the end. It's Marta, and Marta's quick thinking in that moment. Mm-hmm. So placing her kind of as the central figure of this, when she has that moment at the end where she lies and manages not yeah. to throw up until it's onion, which is just a wonderful moment, oh my God. she's ultimately the one that brings him down. Because he can't bring them down, just this well, sort of greed of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tying up the story.
0: It's the first absolute clue to the end of the story because he figures it out by going back and questioning, "Why am I here?" Right. And you're questioning that at the beginning of the movie. That's the key you need to solve the the mysteries. So right. I give it to you right up. Right. Which is delightful. Well, that
3: sort of—I mean—that's the brilliance of the movie, and. I don't know if this, this really addressed the point, but everything in this movie pays off. Every line of dialogue, you know, ends up meaning something at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and the average murder mystery is not really that watchable. You know, once you know who done it, you know, <laughs> you don't want to go see who did it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But this movie, I've seen *Knives Out* now like five times, mm-hmm. and it's satisfying every time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That even the detective, the, not Matthew Samfield, but the, the other detective.
1: Oh, the very excitable one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Every word he says is a clue to the end. He's, he's just validating that. And I only taught this in the second viewing. He's, he's talking about all of the things in the, this guy's books that have been used to prop up the, the, the illusion, you know, the, uh, what Ransom is doing mm. in particular. Um, So if you're listening to him, you get a lot. But who listens to him? (laughs) Nobody's listening to him. Poor guy. I feel really sorry for him. The actor who plays him, kind of, and the actor who had to play the the masturbating Nazi kid.
3: That's an awesome moment.
0: It's an awesome moment. But can you imagine that (laughs) casting call? Like, okay, we need someone who's just going to sit, stand around looking at their phone. And be called a masturbating <laughs>
2: whole movie. That's all you are.
1: It is yeah. Okay. Is, he, is he given a name at any point? Yes, I'm I'm sure yeah, he is, I'm sure. Yeah, the character. The characters, yeah. Yeah, but you don't We're remember. To right, right. Um, that's funny. Well, Jane
2: Is it um, is
3: it, uh, it? Yep. Yeah. And a couple other things, yeah.
2: Okay. I'm not
0: really feeling sorry for him, but I you know, I'm just saying oh. I'm sorry for it all.
1: No, <laughs> no, no. Um but yeah. <laughs> but while, while we're talking about the family, uh, let's kind of let's shift gears over to uh, the central story of this, because it's not Benoit Blanc's, it's uh, the Thrombies versus Marta, Marta versus the Thrombies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with this sort of like, one great thing about this movie is we get some really strong thematic things coming from the characters and, and how they interact with each other. Uh, and that's where the kind of the central conflict actually. But that's kind of what it becomes more so than the actual murder and the mystery of it. Uh, and it all feeds into each other, which is one of the other remarkable things about this movie. Um, so, yeah, they, they all add to this. They all add to the thematic sort of resonance. Uh, so let's discuss this conflict, the themes that, that you all see present, the, the family members and, and Marta. that's uh, big. It's open. Jump in. Time.
0: It's your time.
3: Go, Kelly Sue.
1: Go, Kelly soon.
0: You guys. White <laughs> 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 I mean, but, and so subtle and beautiful the way that he did this, like because they do these flashbacks where they're they're dreaming it in their own perspective, right? Like when they show the families around Harlan at yeah. his dinner, like everybody is nice. the one it can see. And the they're right talking about how welcoming they are to Marta. They just love her, and then. Don Johnson ropes her into this completely inappropriate story about why, because um, so I think they're talking about Trump being good. Yeah.
3: Trump. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And he's saying, like, see, she did it right while he's handing her a plate to take to the kitchen. <laughs> oh my god. i watching it again. I was just really blown away by all of the the subtleties that end up being not so subtle about that Theme throughout, and of course the Hamilton thing.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: Don Johnson, <laughs> immigrants, we get it done. Can I add? Yeah, as the Keith is interviewing every family member at the very beginning, and it's like, oh, so you're all a bunch of self-made overachievers,
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: savage. <laughs> that actually you- digs into what I think is like a real strong theme. Besides mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it white people, like. Um, this is really a film about how dishonesty yeah. poisons you from within, yeah. you know. And as they, the film opens, we an interview with uh, Benoit and Lakeith, um interviewing all of the thrappies. Yeah. yeah, and we are treating the fact that each of them is going to lie about what they were doing, mm-hmm. with the exception of Linda Ditty Kurtz. Right, she doesn't lie. Yeah, um, and. Then we're introduced, really, at the end to Martin, who fucking throws up every time she tells a lie. Yeah. You know? and, like, is there a better way of saying dishonesty poisons from within? Yeah. Yes. Dishonesty is toxic yeah. than that ridiculous
0: character trait. <laughs> okay, but Linda does kind of lie. Like, she's, there's a moment where Benoit is talking to her, saying, like, you know, you're self like, you're self made. You know, whatever, and she's like, "Yeah, I built my business from the ground up with a million dollars from her dad." Mm-hmm. And then he goes like, "You know, Walt and his publishing company." And she's like, "Well, it's not the same thing. He doesn't, you know, dad gives him two books a year and he prints them." And then he pushes her, and she's like, "Are you trying to get me to shit talk my baby
2: brother?"
0: I'm sitting I'm like, oh, "What are you shit talking?" <laughs> she's not
2: lying
3: in that she's got attention.
0: No, she's not. But she's that's just. The like you're, they're blinded by their own self-professed exceptionalism.
3: <laughs> and, well, I, I think that's actually part of it yeah, like because I like think Yeah, there's there's this whole thing about honesty and toxicity. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's also it takes more than being honest to be a good person. Right. Because Martha's whole art is she's going to be honest. Is she going to come clean? Right. With you know how she thinks she's at fault. You mm-hmm. know, Sounds and funny. the whole her art. Is that her whole <laughs> arc is not doing it, it's trying right. to hide the fact that she's responsible for such
2: things, right?
1: Well, um,
3: and Linda represents, I think, the fact that you can be honest and still be whack, okay. yeah. You know uh, well, yeah. It, and Marta, Marta's whole arc comes together when her honesty and her desire to do good mm-hmm. come together. Well, that's that's yeah. like the
0: climax of the film. Yeah. Speaking of immigration, do we ever learn where she's actually from? Yes, yeah. she's from.
3: <laughs> I don't remember. Para-
0: Para- Paraguay. No, no, they, <laughs> they all
3: say Uruguay. Uh, no, 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 Don Johnson.
0: He says Paraguay and then Uruguay, so he has <laughs> two he, different.
3: And themes. Ransom says Brazil. Uh, like they're all saying different places. Yeah. That's, saying exactly. that's the joke. Yeah. yeah, they're all saying different places. I don't.
2: I don't recall if we actually. I don't know if Yeah,
1: which is kind of. Who cares? What's the, that's not the point, right? No, the well, point, point is. the yeah. yeah.
3: Point is fucking white people. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Bad. Exactly. Well, yeah. But I, I, like, yeah.
0: She's yeah. Totally, I totally white like people. She's myself.
1: from. Um, <laughs> you know. In all fairness,
0: you are white. Yeah. So we did it
1: we definitely see
2: this be a lesson, <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> don't do it publicly
2: at least don't uh,
1: do <laughs> uh, there is like a, I, I do like the elements of the family that we see the de-evolution from one generation to the next, but as it gets younger and younger, <laughs> it becomes more obscene uh, and more like this sort of uh, uh, um, privilege, I guess, uh, that starts at the top with just the kids uh, of uh, Harlan. You know they're, they're kind of assholes, but we get down to the youngest one. He's like a Nazi, you know, Mastur- scumbag masturbating, masturbating Nazi, Nazi who goes online and tells people. It's like the I'm lowest.
3: I'm not going to sit here and stand for masturbation. League, you know, bad traits. All right, I'm sure lots of good people. Oh, I'm sure they, they do. Yes, way yes. yes. I'm just saying.
0: Well, no, it was just in, just goodness. his other definitive quality. Yes. So, yes. Right, yes. No yeah. Matt, Nobody right. knew if he was wrong. masturbating or not. They just right. assumed. He was. Nobody was in the bathroom. <laughs> they do cut to him in the bathroom. That's the real and mystery. Like, and, you know, it's like he doesn't really argue against it. The real it the mystery of Nines Out is does he masturbate? <laughs> yes.
1: We're making one person but, in the audience giggle that's <laughs> <other, laughs>
0: uh, The other kid. Like, Meg. Meg Meg Yes Meg Yeah let's talk so about Meg Being like You know trying to present As being like You know The polar opposite But it's all like This performative Social justice Social justice, justice or Mearing <laughs> But it's like You know It's revealed to be So just fake mm-hmm. And it's almost worse
2: Yeah Yeah
0: um, Cause she's trying To be all like oh, No I'm on your side And then when the shit
3: Is the fan
1: Totally, the and the sell.
0: fast, totally mm-hmm. sells her out yeah uh, That's the
3: same
1: thing with Joan, uh, who is taking a sort of more liberal stance of uh, uh, immigrants, immigration, Ooh. and then later on, she's all about calling out the
0: mom, yeah. you know,
1: to, and being a part of that just to get her allowance again. So there's that sort of element as well, which is
0: Tony Colette. Oh my Tony God. Colette. Well, if we're going to start with the cast, yeah, go. please, please, so all yes. over just the vocal Let's
2: just
3: say, freaking. Like, this movie reminds me of Ocean's Eleven in that you've got this incredible powerhouse cast, and they're clearly having a fucking ball making this movie. Totally. Ball. Totally. They're having such a good time, and when people are enjoying the creative process, it comes through, that's one of the life things about this
0: movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Shannon is oh. such pitch-perfect casting, because if you've seen anything he's done, you know that he's just this little like nuclear ball and to put him in this character who is so just tight, and and when he goes to Marta's house, mm-hmm. I know, yeah. right? So with the tapping of the cane, and he's trying to come off all like, listen, I'm I'm here for you, but you're just like, this is creepy as hell, man. Yeah, way too much angst. Yeah, trying to translate this. Yeah, not really care about you, and you're like, you're too close to me. <laughs> Like it's it's so successful would being so threatening. Yes. Yeah. That scene is, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's Michael Shannon perfectly. Like he's just like fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> any moment he's going
2: to explode. It's exactly.
1: uh, Let's talk about ransom a little bit. Okay. Talk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Chris Evans.
2: Um,
1: yeah. Uh, any thoughts on ransom?
0: Um, uh, McLean, clean Lisa. <laughs> i <do> my best. <laughs> Listen, y'all know how I feel about hot villains. So, we <laughs> he is definitely entered the
2: pantheon <laughs> for me,
0: especially
2: in that fisherman's
3: sweater. <laughs> oh, yeah, in be good
2: sweater.
3: Not a sweater, but a sweater. Yeah.
2: They talk about the sweater.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, just fucking fantastic character. Played fantastic the mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I love the whole section where it's like, you. I mean, just like from the first watch, where it's like, you know, you know something's wrong. You know, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but when he starts like, you know, trying like, oh, I'm gonna help Marta. I totally bought it the first time.
3: Me too. Mm-hmm. Well, you buy it. I bought it. I bought it because Kelly Sue had that. You bought that?
0: Yeah, it I think I just have someone to my it.
3: Oh. Uh, I,
0: I I totally bought it
3: because he still came off with self-serving. Yeah. You know, he's still saying, exactly. he's like, he sold himself and like, yeah. look, I'm going to get by, kind of, you know, but I'll help you and we'll screw over my family. That, that, that all works for me, you know, and I must that completely too.
0: Which made me think, okay, which is the real ransom? Is the the snarky, snide, you know, piece of shit with his family, is that the real guy? Or is, does he just kind of put that on so that he can kind of hide behind that? And is the, the really smart, suave, you know, he just becomes a different guy when he's with Marta and trying right. to to manipulate her or successfully manipulating her.
2: But he's you also, a very different person. You you know, also
3: right? see, you start to see that there is more to Ransom yeah. because he starts talking about his grandfather and how he worked with his grandfather. He
2: knows Which
0: is how this stuff actually works. Life. He's the only other person who can plot this out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that, oh, that's that's there. Yeah, it's, it's right there. Cool. Like he was like, "Oh, I'm on her level. Like you know? we, we understand each other." Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I love the end. Like when they're he's in cuffs and they're taking him away mm-hmm. to go to jail. He looks at Marta and like smiles at her, like.
3: Because you were be the only other yes. one. You were the what? only. Like, the
0: if, if this was going to happen to me, I'm glad it was by yeah. Yeah. you. Know, yeah, You just appreciate I, that. I yeah. Well, look at the rest of his family. Who else can he <laughs> like go to <laughs> to have a a conversation that is well? And they tell you when you rewatch the movie, they tell you it's ransom at the very beginning, because when Christopher Plummer is talking about you know my family, this and did I did I you know build all of this because I just wanted to keep them beneath me. And then he talks about Ransom and how he's exactly like him. He's so similar to me. The first time he says Ransom's name, the camera pans over a knife. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, he's so much like me. And then when Marta's is figuring out like, oh my God, the medicine, like she's realizing what's happening. Harlan says, this is a really interesting way to kill someone and make it look like yeah. an accident yeah. mm-hmm. and all of this happens in that first conversation that they yeah. have well and they and, they, they and then, went, then the whole she's the only one who can beat me at go You're right like,
2: which right. Is, such a great right.
0: yeah the and then verse. she is the yeah. only one who can well, beat me well, yeah, right? and they, they tell you how the, the movie's going to end because Harlan talks about how you should know whether or not a knife is real yeah or not which then tells you okay all of those freaking that knife mural oh. they're all real because there's no way in cold hell Harlan would put a real knife <laughs> in the hand you know yeah, within of reach any, of any member of his family yeah. at all yes. you know the only actual real knife is the one he has uh-huh. himself.
1: Well, let, I want to talk about Harlan and, and Marta for a second because I feel like there's a really interesting dynamic there mm-hmm. a lot of the family they you know when, when they have the will comes out and everything's taken away they like Marta did this Marta did this And in a way, they're right, because Marta, through for for good reasons, went to Harlan and was like, hey, look, look, what you're doing right now, it's not helping your kids. And we hear that throughout the film, Um, you know, uh, uh, that Harlan's using kind of, it tells uh, Marta that, you know, you were right all along. Maybe I should have approached these things in the way you're you're talking about. So he makes all of these changes to the will, but he does it in a sort of, without the good heart that Marta, we come to know, that Marta has he does it in sort of like, uh, like the, the way he brings in Ransom. And he's like, mm-hmm, this is what's happening. I'm taking it all away, you know what I mean? They're really pushing each other. and It's like a game or a fight already between them. Whereas when Marta comes at this, she's like, you know what, maybe if, and you can see Marta doing this, like right. maybe if you didn't like uh, hold this book thing over um, uh, Walt, yeah. he, would, he would have more room and more breathing space to kind of do his own thing. Yeah. And, and what Harlan does in his brain is you know, the way he translates that into his sort of overpowering patriarchal sort of mind, even though they're friends, the way he treats his kids is very different from the way he treats Marta. Yeah. And well, the way he sort of takes the information Marta gives him comes out very differently I when directing this.
3: I mean, Jesse's been really I, I don't think, it's, it's um, yeah, I don't think Marta was saying take your kids' inheritance. No, I don't think so either. Right. I don't think so either. But I think that Harlan was like. The only, I mean, because you can't re-raise them. Right. You know, once once they're raised, they're raised, you know. So he's like, look, the only thing I can do is take away this thing that, you know, is at the foundation of what they are. You know, Right. Um, And I also think he's like, I should do something good with this if I'm going to take it away from them. I'm going to take it away from them for their own good, you know. And yes, it's going to upset them. But they'll see eventually. He said that multiple yeah, times. Yeah. You, know, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. It's going to hurt at first. You're going to be angry. Mm-hmm. But you will, you know. Um, so I'm not sure. I don't feel like he's being malicious.
1: With Ransom. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a sort of... No, I think he's
3: desperate with Ransom. He's I think desperate. Because, well, I, well, I think that Ransom is a bad person and he knows him. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think he wants Ransom to not be a bad person.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I mean... There's, I never get a sense he's like, oh, take this shit away from Oh, birthday? no, no, not but at all. Not at all. No, no, no. no, no, no. He, yeah, I, I didn't think get that. Is, yeah. This is, this is his only recourse. Because he is, I mean, he's celebrates his 85th birthday. Sure. He, his he sees, sees it that
1: yeah. as his only recourse. Yeah. I think Marta would have seen other ways to approach it, is what I'm saying. Maybe. Because I think she probably said those other ways to him. Uh, and that's that's the sense that's the feeling that I got from conversations that took place. I found
3: it very interesting that Ryan Johnson chose not to show us Marta telling Harlan anything. Yeah, it's yeah. It's only Harlan repeating what she has said to him that we don't hear. Right. So we only get his version. We mm-hmm. don't get Marta's
2: version. And right. Because it's not important. It's, it's not important. Yeah. It's yeah. not
1: important to the story. But I, I think it by watching Marta throughout the film and that whole theme of uh, Marta having a good heart. We can imagine that on our own, the, how she would have approached that.
3: Marta is an interestingly characterized character. Indeed. I like, one of the things that really struck me this viewing is how different de Armas' performance is when she's engaging with Harlan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because when Harlan's like, I should have listened to you, she's always like, What? You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> she's, she's kind of not paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when they're playing Go, she's like, Oh, well, man, I'm about to whoop you. You know, like <laughs> the whole vibe is different, you know. I mean, and it's, it's a truly friendly vibe. Mm-hmm. And then I can't help but notice, like, throughout the movie, as she's doing all this stuff, and she thinks fast, she thinks on her feet, but she's also super impulsive, right? You know, and like that somehow seems to like, encapsulate to me in the fact that her phone is correct.
1: yes, and, uh, yeah. I you know, love like that
3: detail, detail because love it, it, it tells me that because like, that's a really interesting why. We see her phone a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is it broken? It's broken because she's impulsive. She does things quickly. She does things almost manically. She, uh-huh. you know, she reacts in the moment. And
2: what was it, the
0: dumbest car chase? But <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: god. That's exactly the example. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the fact that the that Ryan Johnson at the from the opening scene throws us into the events the after the events yeah. because we are introduced to the characters post-crime as opposed to pretty much any other murder mystery you're going to watch you you know you think of those like very typical like Agatha Christie adaptations that you know you, you're slowly introduced to each of the parties as they come in and you um you're learning about them even uh, something like uh I'm thinking down to Right now, and that is not the right one. No, although <laughs> oh, I'm never knocking clue. I love clue. No, the the Park. Thank you. Like you
2: you're, see you're welcome. You <laughs> see.
0: obvious. Yeah, Park. Yeah, okay, <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> so, but you get to meet. Oh, thanks, Shane. Gossip part. Gossip part. So you can, you get can to meet all of the characters and see how they interact with each other and, and start to form opinions about whether you trust them or not. And we're thrown into this story right in the middle of, of like the moment where they're probably not going to be acting like themselves. Yeah. I can't
3: trust any of these people.
0: So yeah. So, yeah. You know, people that everyone's instant, like you start the movie off with everyone being a suspect. And have you all seen Brick? Yes. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So there, good.
0: And I, I mean,
3: try it out first feature. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, first feature. It's, it's it's
0: really so
1: good. good. Uh, yeah. What are the yes. Texas stories set in the high school? Highly recommend Highly everybody recommend
0: here. Session. I recommend to watch Brick. It's so good. Yeah. But it's like, but, but it's the same thing. It's like it starts after
2: mm-hmm. something
0: has happened, and you don't even know what's great about Brick. You don't even know what the something is until mm-hmm. so way later. You just yeah. know Something bad has happened. And you enter the story after it's happened. And there is something really just, like, it, it It kind of makes there's more urgency in the story. You know, it pulls you in right away. Mm-hmm. It's a good technique. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like you're noticing it, too. Like, even the first time I watched the movie, I'm like, this feels different than the uh, million other uh, crime procedurals, <laughs> murder mysteries <laughs> I've watched on the BBC and elsewhere. And... And the fact that, we, like we've mentioned before, that we don't meet Ransom until much later, that's one of those, like, oh, there's a mystery character, everybody's talking about and um, Yeah.
1: Well, let's um, um, move on to the next thing here. Because uh, i just talking about, now, murder mysteries in general. Um, I always find that the best of them not only, like, challenge our perceptions of the characters, obviously, uh, but they also challenge our perception of Humanity people in, in the world in general what we're capable of, uh, you know uh, Sometimes we're not capable of and I remember my first time watching murder on the Orient Express for example And how all that turns out no spoilers for you for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I was like, oh Wow, like it was gets murdered. Yeah, um, but it was uh, the, the reveal of how and why and everything was, you know, a lot for a young mind to sort of grapple with uh, uh, so I'm, I'm curious like Obviously, there are these larger themes that we've already talked about, which when I was finished watching, I was like, yes, Ryan Johnson, yes, Ryan Johnson, yes, Ryan Johnson. Agreed with all of this. But I'm curious if there's something within the film, on a thematic level, that you stepped when you stepped away from it, like challenged something about the way you saw the world or you saw things. That it did it open up, or were you just kind of like agreeable with everything that was happening?
0: Yeah, I don't know about like challenging other than it was just a really like the whole kind of concept of truth yeah. itself was challenged you know um, kind of like I don't know and it's like I didn't even come down with like oh I'm very enlightened on this point now it was just kind of an, an interesting old way to just kind of present the idea that It's, even though Benoit is like truth above all, but it's like truth is weirdly nebulous, you know? Like it's, it doesn't just look one way and it doesn't behave one way. Does
1: that make sense? And it's not necessarily going to solve all your problems. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I think you can even take from like the, the flashback scenes during the initial interrogations that are happening. Like I don't know that all of those are out and out lies. Right. I think some of them are, you know, in that somewhere in the middle of that spectrum between a lie and just this is how I remembered this thing happening. And and it the fact that we as you know, just in our everyday lives, those memories, every time we come back to them, they they shift and change and they they become something different. I know I have memories about my childhood that are so skewed now that I am probably lying about what happened, but it's what I felt like. Um, but for me, I think the thing that really resonated is Marta's real struggle, and especially at the end, is about not just telling the truth, but deciding where the line is for her in being a good person and drawing the line about people taking advantage of her, and I think that that's something that I know I personally struggle with, but also I think our society struggles with it because we're in this moment now of, like, we either, everything's black or white in terms of accepting or not accepting people, um, and... People's decisions to do good can cause you to be canceled if you're not like hard enough on people, or you're like you're not you're not um, saying you know really uh, definitive and harsh things on the internet or whatever that could be. And so I, I love that the movie ends with her on the balcony and she's got the mug you know that says "This is my house. These are my rules." But at the same time. I'm looking at her and thinking, I'm not 100% certain she's not going to help yeah. some mm-hmm. of these people. Yeah. And I think that's great. I think yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a lovely place to...
3: She enjoy. flat out said, and I believe it, I don't think that changed, she flat out said, I'm going to
2: pay for your school in the bank.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I love that. It's, it it, it so uplifts my feeling about being like, okay, I can just make a choice to act in the way that I want to act in the face of the white people. I, I not <laughs> anyway. but, but yeah, you know what I mean? Just like the, in the face of all of this crap that goes on, I can choose to act the way I want to
2: act. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That but, was my one of, part of my takeaway on this last watch, thinking about how Ransom knew that Harlan was going to leave everything... To Marta. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Ransom goes and he, you know, he, like, executed a pretty solid plan. Do you know? Like, actually, really, really smart. Mm -hmm. Um, But that you can't, self serving, deceitful action can't go up against someone who's just honest and good. So, like, all of these ways that he used his intelligence and logic to, like, plan this really elaborate, really smart cover-up. And then, you know, the whole Slayer rule thing, so that she wouldn't get it and it would revert back to the family. It completely falls apart while Marta is acting in good conscience without knowing all of these other things. It's like good is on her side the whole time because she's consistently choosing it. Ransom kicks himself in the dick. Do <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, by doing it at all, by hiring Benoit Blanc, all of it, he's, like, hoisting himself by his retard at every single step. <laughs> it's like, that's so well he's, he's He completely overdoes it, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: He, he overthinks it, that, and that's what gets you every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Because she, from the very beginning, it's she operates on instinct. Yeah, like you know, they're playing the game of Go, and she's like, you play to win, I just play to make a pretty pattern. Right. And, like, she just kind of plays places <laughs> pieces as she feels like it. Right. And then, you know, when it's revealed that the mix-up with the medicine never happened because she instinctually knew mm-hmm. which which medicine was the correct medicine and that was mislabeled. Um. And so, you know, she just... Like you're saying, also about like her being impulsive. She just operates on instinct from her gut, like literally. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. points that out, mm-hmm. he's like, he, he wasn't gonna die, and it had nothing to do with any of the shenanigans going on because you're just a good nurse.
1: Right. You know, right. Well, I look at what happened with Fran. Uh, Ransom just assumes that she's going to make the worst choice in that situation. And yeah. she can't bring herself to do it. She just cannot, and that's what ultimately leads to his demise. It's his assumption that someone else is gonna be as bad as he is.
0: Right. Oh. Are we gonna talk about how donuts fit into
2: this? <laughs> oh god, that's so that's bad. good. Another donut. <laughs> 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 it's a donut.
0: Inside of a donut. Well, what was the other movie where there's it's a riddle wrapped inside a mystery? Wrapped I don't know. up it's, in an enigma. That's an old I feel like story. that was ebbing space.
3: Um, <laughs> so, your question is, you know, like, how does this movie challenge? Yeah, yeah. You know? And for me, it actually doesn't challenge anything at all. It reinforces something that I won't believe, which is that, I mean, he basically frames, he sets up the whole movie for the audience to think that Marta accidentally killed Harlan, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, that doesn't stop us from rooting for it. And it's because it's this very Western way of thinking. We value what you intend more than what you actually do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What you meant to do is how we live as, as a culture. And that's not true about you. You know what I mean? What you did will often get you in trouble. You know, no matter what you meant to do. <laughs> right. You know. um, But we, and, and I, I, I very much subscribe to this very Western style of thinking. What you meant to do, where your heart is. That is what we value. That is what we, you know, so the fact that for three quarters of this movie we're given a protagonist who has accidentally, seemingly through incompetence, you know, killed someone. Mm-hmm. But we're rooting for them to get away with it. And now we get away with it, we're rooting for them to get away with
2: it. $60 million. <laughs> you know? Oh, you know? <laughs> oh,
0: I have a question for you guys on that
2: point. Yes.
0: Do any of you, upon this watch or any watches of this movie did any of you feel that harlan was planning to commit suicide anyway
1: mm, no no i did not
0: yeah. you didn't think that no there was but part I of me this last watch where i was like was he planning to do this the whole time
2: I, changing
0: the will and then being like i'm 85 i'm over all of you fuckers well, and i'm out of here telling hmm. ransom yeah telling ransom and then also like really pushing her to like come on play like play this game with me it's my birthday don't break tradition hmm. you know like
3: i feel like given the rest of the movie i feel like if that was the case and then you make a it compelling like,
0: yeah oh, well, yeah nice. it
2: is a compelling
3: argument <laughs> yeah it is it, if, if that was the case i feel like given the rest of the movie we would have been told
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think they all. wanted us to think that that was a possibility. Yeah, that was it was the red herring solution. Well, I did not think it was possible. <laughs> so they don't. Um, John, yes. just really quickly circle back to the very first question about how it frames Benoit. I didn't, I didn't like, think about it really until you were talking about the fact that it's like we're rooting for a protagonist that like we that we believe has accidentally killed someone
2: the whole time,
0: but that and the fact that we don't center Benoit as like a main character, he becomes the antagonist. Right?
2: Yeah. Okay. yeah, he does. He
0: he's he's, kind of he's a threat to her. Yeah, yeah. 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 Until
1: the, the, the revelation that he knows that she had something to do with it at, at the very beginning yeah. when he reveals that at the end is fantastic as well. But we're, we're coming down to the end here, and I wanna, I don't know if our audience members have any thoughts or questions about the movie, about anything we've said that we can clarify or something Before maybe we missed or didn't think out. about.
0: You can disagree. You can disagree as well. Or Justin.
1: Yeah, that'll get us going for another that's half awesome. hour, at Yes. Yes,
2: please. please.
0: Um, I'm glad that you brought up uh, the idea of committing suicide. That's what I'm going to ask about. Because he seemed so willing to die. Yeah. So he changed the will. He kicked everyone out of, you're out of this, you're out of this. Your husband's cheating on you. He basically Wow. you your lives. And he was like, Tell it, this i the this way out. Yep. I don't real He does keep that knife up there. Well, like, too, right? okay. it, yeah, he picks up the knife.
1: Maybe the only and real knife when, in the
0: house. When it's like when Marta like realizes or tells them what's going on, he's so fatalistic about it all. Like, okay.
2: That's. I guess
0: happening. I mean, and, I mm-hmm. plans, and I already know how to fix this for you. And oh, uh, since I have this knife here, let me just slit my throat.
2: He slits
0: his throat after she gets some fucking morphine. So they're all like, who would kill themselves by slicing their own throat open? Somebody who's fucking high on morphine, Yeah. Because they can't feel it. But oh. oh. The thing is, he wasn't on morphine. Well,
2: th-
3: he was on a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, just had a little a bit enough time. to go to sleep.
0: I'm Regular. Sure. I think it's enough wow. in his head, whether it was a current plan or not. Sorry, I was talking before you ended up talking. Anyway, I think it's enough in his head, whether it is a fully formed plan that I don't think he had it ready to go that night, but I think it was enough horned in his head because I think he's the he's the master writer, right? Like he and Ransom are the two characters who are constantly probably thinking magic of schemes. Yeah, matching <laughs> schemes. And I think that it's very likely that 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 him choosing to end his life in his own way is absolutely part of his character and what he would be pre so I, he I was he was ready to go, you know. When when the, mm-hmm. when all of a sudden the go table is, you know, grown up, he's sure. he's ready to take action. Yeah.
3: My, my feeling is that he was already in the end of life frame of mind, not necessarily yeah. a suicide frame. Totally. I mean, he is currently eighty five, and he's got an everyday nurse. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of like my life kind of sucks. He, he so <laughs> if I get if I get a chance to roll my ass out of here, I would take it.
0: Well, but I don't think, I don't think he, he was. was yeah. Oh yeah, it's do you true you think he
1: was in a New York school? Oh my god Okay, on that note so We're
0: going to
2: down the yeah, Say right. bye, Hollywood <laughs> Wow
1: uh, <laughs> uh, Thank you for coming out To listen to the panel um, For our first live uh, Pop-up, our first live podcast um, pretty good. Our first time actually Podcasting together in person I
2: know, I If
1: you didn't know, know that, that It's pretty wild Today? Today? Yes
2: we met yes. on Zoom. We met yesterday. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, and now, now that they've met us, where can they find you online? Uh, Claire, yes. <laughs> thank
2: you. Should we tell them
1: to? Are you going to tell them about like other things? You
0: I,
2: I will. Down? Yeah, yeah.
0: I just wanted to. Oh, sure. we will. I am Claire Ford. You know, you called me. My name is Clarissa. Um, I can be found online. Um, my website is at um, unexpectedhobby.com. You will find geeky cross um, stitch patterns there. Um, I'm the author of A Geek's Guide to Cross Journeys in Space. You can uh, buy that at the uh, FanBase Press website. That's just fanbasepress.com. Um, and I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for maybe a hot second longer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm staying on Twitter. Or um, but all of that is at an expected
2: hobby. Thank
3: you. <laughs> um, I am Justin Peniston. I'm a writer of comics and cartoons. Uh, you can find me at justinpenniston.com where I frequently talk about myself. Uh, uh, on all the social medias, uh, you can find me at Hunter Black because I write a webcomic, Hunter Black, Hard World Fantasy. And you can find that at hunterblackcomics.com.
0: Cool. <laughs> um, I'm Lisa Weber. I'm an artist and
2: illustrator. She the artist. Oh, well,
0: thank you. <laughs> um, but you can find me and my work at lisakweber.com. <laughs> That's Weber with one B, like the grill. And <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <they're both> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Sorry. And you can find the comic books, the Kelly- <laughs> and I movie, together at hexcomics.com. Ooh. And at Hex Comics on all of the oh, social medias. Is. Oh, and at El Cat <laughs> She I questions, she yeah, right. I think. That yeah, is correct. Okay. She's cool.
2: That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> With oh, one B. <laughs> that was old school.
0: And I'm Kelly Sue. Um, you already did the Hex 11 stuff. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Instagram at Kelly Sue Says. I am no longer on Twitter because that place <laughs> sucks. <laughs> And uh, those are the... Oh, and I also write a substack. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've been to. too. I write this substack newsletter called A Little Different that is all about raising um, my son who's autistic. So definitely follow that. It's really
1: fun. Yeah. Uh, Twitter right now is full of a lot of Jacob Frombies. Oh, That's his name. Oh, man. Um, I, <laughs> no Rances. I'm uh, Philip Kelly. You can find me at Philip Creates everywhere. I keep it simple. Two L's. Um, two L's in Philip. Thank you.
2: Like, uh, real?
1: You like yeah. growth, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, you can find us at Popsicle Pod. P O yes. P S K L. We have some postcards up here you can grab exactly. if you like. We have a whole series on Hannibal that we did. It's like 60 episodes. There's something crazy like okay. that. Uh, we maybe do like. Start at the uh, yeah, maybe watch Hannibal do all that stuff. And then we do some other stuff. There's, we have a whole catalog uh, at www.popsiclepod.com.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, again, thank you for joining us and have a good rest of your time.
3: Thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much.